All right, folks, good to have you here. It is Boo 15. That's for Friday, September 25, year of our Lord, 2020. It's the voice of one, otherwise known as Vu. Yep, your host here, Woody Cumbie, bringing you the unparalleled blend of coffee, current events, faith, and FSU football. And hey, I'm glad you're on board. And I appreciate you guys liking, subscribing, downloading, and very interesting looking at some of the analytics because you guys are listening across several different podcast platforms. I appreciate that. In fact, I think the link I'm going to put up in Facebook today will be the link to the Spotify, uh, the Spotify platform. So hope you can find it over there. Now, remember, wherever you go, you can like, you can notify, you can download, you can share. I think sharing is a is a big deal, and I hope it'll be the VU. I hope it'll be something that that you'll like to share. Okay. Hey, folks, uh, we're just hours away now. I mean, hours just hours away, 23, actually. 23 hours away from Donald J. Trump naming his pick for the Supreme Court of the United States, filling the vacant seat left by the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So that happens at 5 o'clock on Saturday. Then uh, just two and a half hours later, uh, so about mm, 26 and a half hours from now, about 27 hours from now, it is Florida State, the Seminoles at the University of Miami Hurricanes, the evil kingdom, right? So just hours away. Okay, folks. Hey, it's great to have you here. Today, we got three segments, Friday Feature Coffee, Evangelical Vote, and Reagan's Echo. Man, you don't want to miss that one. Well, folks, uh, today, I want to I start with Woody's fearless score prediction. I want to get it out of the way, get it out of my system. God, just move it on off the, uh, off the checklist here. We check it, get it done, get it out there. Because I, I feel like I need to do it on Fridays when Florida State is going to play on Saturday. I feel like I need to give you my, my flawless and fearless score prediction. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's going, to be, uh, it's going to be Miami 41, Florida State 17. Yep. Now keep in mind the head coach for Florida State isn't even there. He's, he's bunkered in because he's got COVID and... Anyway, uh, uh, it's going to be bleak, going to be bleak. Uh, so anyway, we got that out of the way, but you can mark it down. And it is the flawless Friday score prediction. Okay, folks, uh, today uh, I'm going to take a break in just a moment. I'll be coming back with the Friday feature coffee. <laughs> Not too bad now. Then on to evangelical vote and finally into the can't miss segment called Reagan's Echo. Some of, I, I, I literally believe this is the best audio that I will have played thus far on any VU podcast. You just don't want to miss it. All right, hang on just for a moment. I'll be back with the Friday Feature Coffee. Okay, folks, good to have you guys back. It's a Friday feature coffee. Yeah, on Friday, I like to feature a coffee if I can. And, and I stumbled across, don't even know how I found it, but I found that in Zionsville, Indiana, which is right next door to where I live, 
there are three veterans, military veterans, who have formed a coffee company, and it's called Hoosier Warrior Coffee, and you find it at HoosierWarriorCoffee.com. Pretty simple. You can find out all about the, the, owner, the three owners, tells about their military careers, all this. Well, um, so I, I stumbled on this, this, uh, this site, began to check it out. They have some very uh, interesting names of coffee. I'll say that. Uh, here are the names of their coffees. Night Ops, Locked and Loaded, Motivation, Jet Fuel, Reveille, Pathfinder, and then their decaf coffee is <laughs> called Retreat. All right. <laughs> so uh, they have a logo that's like half, uh, half the United States flag, half Indiana flag. And uh, it comes in uh, uh, the bag uh, that, with the, uh, the coffee. It's, uh, you know, the typical bag that's black. It's got the, their sticker on the front, veteran-owned. Uh, it's got their logo and all that. And on the back, it tells about the coffee. Well, it turns out they have a seasonal coffee right now, which is what I chose to get, and it's called Spooky. Spooky, you can kind of get it, why it would be uh, for this. And yet, they didn't just choose Spooky with the... Um, little ghost-looking figure for, for no reason. It turns out that Spooky is the name of an AC-130U gunship. Uh, it's an Air Force plane, and it's, it, it was nicknamed Spooky. And so on the back of the bag, it tells all about that, that gunship, how big it is, the wingspan, tells about the armament, tells about the missions it flew, all that, and it was... It was uh, it was retired in September of this year. So this is honoring, they say, uh, the role of the AC-130U gunship uh, in the U.S. Air Force, and it's called Spooky. So, so I have uh, I've brewed up a little batch, and I need to tell you ahead of time before I taste it, it is a medium roast, and I, I'll, I'll tell you what, what, what they say about it. It says, uh, Spooky is our gourmet natural Brazilian medium roast coffee blend, the blend is made from natural Brazil beans with notes of caramel, roasted pecan, and cinnamon. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, when you open up a bag, and this thing was so aromatic, by the way, when, when it, and they delivered it right, right to my door, not to my mailbox. Not, they, they delivered it to my door because I live right here in the area. So I open up the box, and, man, so aromatic. I mean, just that coffee... That ground coffee smell, boom, before I even open up the bag. So, I mean, right away, I'm like, okay, thumbs up for this. And when you open up the bag, just the, the aroma, you can tell it's really freshly ground coffee. So, uh, but, you know, you, when you're doing like the, the uh, drip uh, grind uh, coffee, you're kind of measuring out uh, for each coffee. And you're kind of guessing a little bit. You've never done it before for this particular Coffee, and I have to admit, I think I ended up a hair shy. It is, it is a a medium roast, but I think I, I ended up a hair shy on the amount. So I want to, I want to acknowledge that going in. But I'm going to give it a taste right now. Not bad, not bad. I can definitely tell. I was a little shy. I'm a little shy on it. I'll, I'll, I'll stiffen it up next time. But yeah, definitely, it's got a lot of. Uh, you can tell it's a seasonal flavor. And uh, definitely has a lot of flavor to it. Uh, I'm not talking about, I don't think they added flavor to it. I just think it's uh, the blend they've got. So at any rate, I would definitely say this is a good cup of coffee. 
and you can find it for yourself at, at HoosierWarriorCoffee.com. Not, not bad, actually. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, folks. Hey, hey, uh, uh, hang on just for a second. I'm going to be right back. We're going to talk about the evangelical vote. <laughs> All right. Hang on. Okay, welcome back for evangelical vote. <laughs> How often have you heard that term since 2016? Well, yeah, you know that uh, there's no question about it that in 2016, what the press called the evangelical vote went overwhelmingly for Donald J. Trump. Now, now, first of all, let's just do a little reset here. Remember that Jesus famously said, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar and unto God the things that are God. Now, he said that because believers, his followers, were actually, according to the Bible, citizens of two kingdoms, dual citizens, citizens of a kingdom on earth and citizens of an eternal kingdom in heaven. And so we have rights and responsibilities in both. So here, as citizens of the United States of America, people who are followers of Jesus have rights and responsibilities right here. They're not set aside because we're believers in Christ. So in fact, I would argue that our obligations perhaps as citizens are uh, definitely should not be ignored just because we are believers we should in fact engage in our culture so now here's the deal a couple things one when you hear the term evangelical vote you need to know that on the news they're really talking about white evangelicals now there are a lot of african-american evangelicals and they do not count in what the press is calling the evangelical vote. You say, why? Well, well, mainly because the uh, secular news uh, gatherer, um, uh, reporter, uh, they, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, <laughs> that's true. So uh, Af- the African-American vote, uh, evangelical vote, basically just gets uh, put off to the side. So, uh, But the white evangelical vote no, is, is, is conservative, it's Republican, uh, whereas the African-American would tend to be uh, a more Democrat. But they somehow don't get counted. So anyway, in 2016, overwhelmingly, of course, that evangelical vote went for Donald J. Trump. And now those evangelicals, even though many other people, not just evangelicals, many other people voted for Donald Trump, basically the evangelicals are the easiest group to blame. It's like, you evangelicals, you guys put this guy in office. You're to blame for why he's in office. And so now we've had four straight years of vote-shaming, brow-beating, how can a Christian vote for Donald J. Trump? And so, boom, 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 articles and columns and and interviews and and podcasts uh, by the secularist and by the woke church Boom, pounding away, pounding away. How could you do this? How? And so here's the question. Is the evangelical vote going to show up for Donald Trump this year? I mean, they did in 2016, but boy, after four years of browbeating, are they still going to show up? Well, let's take a look. It just so happens that, conveniently, a poll has just come out of uh, evangelical voters. 
And this poll was uh, called the Democracy Institute Sunday Express Poll. And that poll shows a 47-47 tie with uh, nationwide with Trump and Biden. And it shows Trump leading the projected Electoral College vote, 309 to 229. And this was a poll of 1,500 likely voters. It was conducted between July 1 and July 3, and it had a 2.5% margin of error. And here's what they found in this poll. 90, 90, 90% of evangelicals say they will vote for Donald Trump this November. 90%. 8% say they will vote for Biden. Now, there's some interesting other numbers as well, if you want to look at it from a uh, religious point of view, you might say. 90% of evangelicals say they'll vote for Trump. What about people who just call themselves Protestants? Okay, 56%. Catholics, 52% say they'll vote for Trump. Jews, well, Jewish people, 28% say they'll vote for Trump. Atheist, 8% for Trump. Now, think about that contrast. Evangelicals, 90% Trump, 8% Biden. Atheist, just opposite. 8% Trump, 90% Biden. Wow, wow. So, folks, uh, it does appear, even after four straight years of browbeating uh, on evangelicals, that the evangelicals will show up to vote for Donald Trump. They say, how, how could you possibly Vote for a guy like that. Well, uh, the reason we're voting uh, for uh, Republicans uh, and the Republican platform and the policies of Donald J. Trump is because we're not going to vote for pro-abortion uh, a candidate like Biden and Harris. We're not going to vote for abortion on demand. We're not going to vote for abortion up to and after birth. We're not going to vote for liberal activist judges to be appointed at ever, every level, including the, the Supreme Court. We are not going to uh, vote for someone who is, uh, or a party, who can't say the word God when saying the pr Pledge of Allegiance to the flag in many of their meetings at their convention. So why, why would an evangelical cast their vote for the Democrat Party? It, it just it, it makes it, the, the fact that it's a mystery to people on the left is is actually a mystery to me. I, I don't I don't anyway. All right, folks. Well, that's that. But I'm going to come back right now in just a moment with I believe the most powerful audio that I've played on VU so far. It's called Reagan's Echo, but it's actually the actor Jim Caviezel. You remember him, The Passion of the Christ. Hang on just a second. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, you're about to hear the most powerful, powerful audio. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna end today's uh, podcast with this audio. I'm not because, because afterward, there's nothing you can say afterwards. When you hear it, you're gonna agree with me. There's there's nothing Woody could say after it. Uh, so here's the, here's the setup. The setup is this is an interview on Fox News, uh, and I, I to be completely honest, I cannot remember this guy's name. That was uh, that was the Fox News. Uh, host, but he's interviewing Jim Caviezel. Now you remember him; he played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ, and he has a brand new movie coming out called Infidel, and it's about 
the persecution of Christians in the Middle East and specifically in Iran. It's going to be a powerful movie. So, of course, part of the, the, the good part of the interview was about that movie and, and all of that. But in the end, the interview changes to something that Caviezel said he wanted to talk about, and that is Ronald Reagan's famous Time to Choose speech. And so with that as the setup, I want you to listen to this audio, and uh, afterwards, I'll not be coming back. i just leave it with you. You guys have a great week. God bless you guys. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you guys on Monday. For right now, listen to this amazing audio. I can hear the passion in your voice. Uh, one other topic you wanted to touch on was Ronald Reagan gave a speech, a Time for Choosing speech in 1964, and he said, you and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. What can Americans learn from Ronald Reagan? What are your, what are your uh, thoughts on that at this moment in time? Yes, he's, that's right. He said that, and he said now, also he said, now let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this. But every lesson in history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is a specter our well-meaning Christian liberal friends, our, our priests, bishops and pastors refuse to face. That their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives us no choice between peace and war, only between fight and surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we will have to face the final demand, the final ultimatum. And what then? When Satan has told the people of this world, he knows what our answer is going to be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of his cold war, and someday when the time is right to deliver his final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary because you see by then we will have been so weakened from within, spiritually, morally, economically. He believes this because from our side he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better read than dead, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war. because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know it and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Ridge have refused to fire the shot heard around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools and our beloved dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis did not die in vain. Where then lies the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all, that you and I have the courage to tell our enemies there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond wow. which evil must yeah. not advance. In the words of Jim. Reagan, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid.